Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. That familiar voice you're hearing right there is one you haven't heard since, I think, episode 100. James, is that the last time that I, I think was we on? Had, yeah, we had you on for 100, definitely. And that was it. I can't remember if it's been since then or not. That was the last I don't recall time one. that yours truly, the one and only, thank God, Brendan Queeley. Actually, there are a couple of Brendan Queeleys. I found out one. I think he's still alive, but he's well into his mid-90s. Or he's dead. One of the two. I haven't checked in on him lately. There's James Cooks all over the place. Well, I mean, you are James Cook 14 on Twitter, and so there are at least 13 other James Cookses out there. We also have another familiar voice. He's not in studio with us. He's on the phone. Is there a Brett Summers? In the Hello house? there, Northern Michigan. <laughs> this also hasn't the, been on since I, episode one. I am here. This is the original get around crew. This is the. These are, we're the OGs. It's a reunion show. We're the o, OG get arounders. The the real OG. Yep. And uh, I figured since this is my first show back as the new sports editor for the Traverse City Record Eagle, uh, that I'd want to bring Brett on too. Plus, he gets to plug something which he's been bugging me to cover, and maybe we'll let you do that. A little bit later. I just said you should go. I didn't say you had to cover it. That I should personally go, or that we should have like a no. Well, mostly that you should just personally come and watch. Oh, okay. I could watch you just uh, blow out a disc in your back again. Hear that nice, <laughs> hear that nice crunch or pop or whatever the hell it was the last time that that happened to you. Yep. That that is that's hopefully not going to happen again. Yeah. I, just, I it was you, it was weird watching that video and seeing that and just that moment where it just went and I'm like oh boy how are you feeling after that by the way that was last year yeah so yeah last year's Great Lakes Strongest Man event in Traverse City uh, didn't treat me the most kindly um, oh buddy I'm on the phone <laughs> which is that Vinny or, or Harper. That would be Vincent. <clears throat> Vincent. Vincent Jameson, right? Yep, yep. He's three years old now. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I uh, didn't leave the healthiest. I snagged a podium finish to qualify for nationals, strongman nationals last year, but then didn't, uh, unfortunately, get to compete thanks to that injury. And uh, hopefully it goes a little better this time around. Uh, that's happening at Turtle Creek Stadium on Saturday. Um, but I was just thinking it's kind of a <clears throat> convergence of events here. We've got the original trio recording a podcast. Uh, I've, I'm going to be in Traverse on, uh, for the, this weekend for that event. And we've got Detroit and Green Bay on Monday Night Football tonight. I mean, this is like, it's almost like the old days. It is. It, it's, it, it feels like progress, but also going backward. At the same time, you know, <laughs> much like forward, the Detroit Lions, moving who said, forward. Who said, who said you can't make progress going backwards? Hey, Matthew McConaughey's character, Rust Cole, in True Detective, said that time is a flat circle. So it's clear that this is just the circle that we're stuck in. We are stuck in the get-around circle. None of us are ever getting out, apparently, because ever. because just in a time loop. because we all just keep getting pulled back in by the massive gravitational pull that is this. I mean, this podcast that is listened to by... The Get Around Time Variance Authority? Hundreds. 
people. <laughs> I don't know how else you explain it. On a yearly basis. Well, yeah, it's it's good to hear your voice, man. It's it's been quite a while. Uh, it's like I said, it's been a while since I've been in the booth here. It's been so long that I've even are we even sponsored by Jimmy John's anymore? Is that still a thing? Yeah, See, that's are over there. Let's grab them. Let's grab one of the reeds right now. I'm gonna. I I almost wanna I almost wanna text this to Brett uh, and and have you do the. I was gonna say you, you could try to job. you should you, you could try to toss it to me, but I think that's screwed up. Do you have it memorized? Do you, do you, do no, you that's long gone, man. Do you, do you think it's still it's some it's like riding a bike though? I feel like if if I was to just give you sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. How does it end, Brett? Freak yeah. Freak yeah, out of boy. See, I knew it was in there. That knowledge is always there. Okay, so I was able to remember five percent of it. The last, the most important part, those last two words, freak and yeah. Do you want to, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll let you go here, Brett, but uh, do you want to stick around, come back, and do the trifecta we're talking I'm sure just based on your health and how, you know, how in great shape you are and all the heavy things <laughs> that you lift for, for some reason, you know, I always wonder, I'm like, you don't need to lift heavy things, just leave them. Just leave them down there. They don't need to be picked up. It's okay. Um, but we're talking about our uh, our favorite obscure fast food restaurants. I saw a tweet today that the last mm. remaining Hot and Now, are either of you familiar with the Hot and Now burger joints? Oh, yes. Okay. I am. Yes. Intimately. Okay. The final one is in uh, Sturgis, Michigan. And I saw a tweet about that today and went, I'm, I'm going to have to make a road trip. So yeah. uh, we'll let you go now, Brett, but uh, we'll have you come back and, and do the trifecta. Is that all right? Yeah, you can try to give me a call if it's before 4. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that more because I have, a, I have a lot of – I might even call my dad. My dad, big fan of hot now. might even give my dad a call. So I love the college. All right, sounds good. All right. Thanks, Brett. Good talking to you, brother. Yep. I loved hot now in college. So cheap. So good. I only got sick off it once. <laughs> I only got sick off it every time that I ate it. That's what it is with White Castle and me. Every time I eat White Castle, I get sick. Every single time I get sick. Really? I've never every, gotten sick from White Castle. I every, love White Castle. Every single time. There needs to be one in Traverse City. Every single time it's worth it. Every single time I get sick, I'm like, it's fine. There's also a burrito joint in uh, south side of Chicago where I live. That also, every time I eat there, I get sick. Every time it's worth it. Yeah, if I got sick every time I ate at White Castle, yeah, I would still be like, I'm fine. Cool with it. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the that would be a huge franchise win for Traverse City. To yeah. have a White Castle here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, every time I go downstate, I try to go to the White Castle. That's, like, by Flint on Corona Road. Like, we have it saved in our GPS. So that when, if we're close, we can just go there and get like a suitcase full of exactly <laughs> yeah the crate case yeah the when I moved from the south side of Chicago down to central Illinois where they didn't the closest White Castle was like an hour away I would make weekend trips to go there before when we used to have the design hub here and then, so we had like twelve page designers here working that would do design newspapers from like Iowa and Illinois and Indiana and Minnesota 
all around and everything. The, the general rule was is that if you went downstate and were able to go to a White Castle, you had to bring a Crave case back for the people, for the night shift. So you'd, you'd have... What that, was, that was like the rule of thumb. You'd have room temperature sliders? Is that... Well, you'd microwave them. <laughs> and that would probably help kill whatever bacteria was had, already... Had developed. Had developed on there, yeah. Even sliders, though, that are better, that are a couple hours old, are still better than the ones you get from the freezer at Meyer. Even those but are... Those are f- but those are good. Yeah. Those I, are, we get those. Those are There's legit. A, I have a box of them sitting there in the freezer right now. Yeah. Right now. Throw, throw a box or throw a couple of them in the microwave, right? Little squirts of ketchup on a paper plate, dip, there you go. And then you are having diarrhea, you know, 10 to 15 minutes later. In some cases, 10 to 15 seconds. I'm not. I am. I used to be that way with Arby's. My Arby's, I don't know what happened to Arby's, but. It was the, I think it was the sauce. If I would put Arby's sauce. Okay. I did like the Arby's sauce. Then it would, you know, wreak Montezuma's revenge. I, I loved how so many in pop culture really went after Arby's. Like, Arby's just became, like, the, the whipping boy the or, the, or the red-headed yeah. stepchild of, 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 like, pop culture. I think it was The Daily Show started it, really oh hammering my, them. Like, yeah, John Stewart John would just Stewart, rip on Arby's all the time. All of the time. Yeah. I and started then, feeling and, sad for Arby's. And The Simpsons did it several times. There was, I remember one episode, it was the episode where... Arby's like, is like the nickelback of fast food, right? <laughs> It's just like popular to rip on them. Uh, it was the or Creed. Lo- it was the Lord of the Flies episode, and one of the characters is either Sherry or Terry. One of the twins goes, "Oh, I'm so hungry, I could eat at Arby's." And everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's awful!" And I, there's another one where, yeah, it's Kirk Van Houten, Millhouse's dad, and they're like, "Oh, we found a dead possum in the pool. What should we do with it?" And then he says, "I just throw it over the fence. Arby's will take care of it." <laughs> Uh, speaking of, of food, was the Patriot game catered? Was the press uh, box catered on uh, Friday no, night? No, not like it normally is. No? There was like there was like a sandwich tray or something that they got from somewhere. You know, like some little pinwheel sandwiches and a couple of like these little like turkey and chicken on like basically rolls. Do they not do B dubs anymore? Is is that a is that gone? I don't know that they're doing that this year just because of. COVID? Maybe COVID things or whatever. Yeah. They ha- they had it at Kingsley. Did they? Yeah, when I covered that Kingsley-Glen Lake game at halftime, I went up to the press box just to, to go up there, and they had so much beat-ups there. I was like, you guys can't eat all this. I better help. <laughs> you were out there for the game. Uh, our other sports reporter, Andrew Rosenthal, who has the day off, he was also out there uh, at the game for the first half. I, on my first night back... Uh, on the sports desk, stayed back in the office, was able to watch the game on uh, Bali Sports. We're going to go with the Brett pronunciation. I, we, you and I both know that it's Bali Sports. Mm-hmm. Bali actually sounds kind of, you know, because it is go, ball. It is yeah, the sports ball. Baller. Uh, Bali Sports. Um, I was able to sit at my desk, watch the game on TV. Uh, that Burnham kid, I had not seen him play. He is impressive. He's pretty good, huh? Yes. Pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's all right at what he does. What were your <laughs> general thoughts leaving that game after uh, Central went ahead and took a third straight Patriot game victory? Um, I 
it seemed to me that West West either just couldn't stop Josh Burnham or knew that they couldn't stop Josh Burnham. So they went into the game thinking, we're going to try to concentrate on some of the other guys and then hope that Burnham can't beat us by himself. And he beat them by himself. Um, you know, because they were, they were fairly effective at kind of controlling and watching where Reed Seabase was going, who's the main running back for, for Central. I mean, he had like 50-some yards, but it was on a decent amount of carries. So it's not like he was breaking the game open. But I think they were kind of keying in on him, it seemed like. Uh, he's normally much better than that. Uh, yardage-wise and stuff, but man, Burnham was just gashing him with those those runs, and then the, the O line was opening up a whole bunch of holes, and and then after a while, once they did that, then they started running wide receiver sweeps and counters and stuff, and you know Bordeaux broke one of those for a sixty-four yard touchdown. Dante Williams had a couple for for some yardage too, and uh, yeah, I mean. West is a good team. I mean, I've, I've seen every game of West this year. They're a good team, good defense, and, you know, ball control, pound the ball offense, and they just weren't able to get it going against Central, which is more surprised? of a testament to Central than, a, you know, a negative for West. Were you surprised by that? Going into the game, what did you think was going to happen? Were you surprised by the, out, by the outcome? For the third straight year, yes, I was surprised because <laughs> none of the last three years did we come in thinking this was going to be a route. And it has been the last three years. It's been a total of 100 points. 100 point difference. Difference. What, 127 27? Yeah. Yeah. In the last three years. And, you know, at no time do we think that those two teams were separated by that much, you know, from a talent, coaching scheme, any of those aspects. Um, and so it was it's, usually, it's even when there was that separation of talent, it was always one of those, you know, Throw the record book out. Games. Exactly. It was always that because no the, matter what, the years when Central it was, was not good, close. Yeah, the years when Central was not good and West was good, it was still always a close game. Usually, yeah. uh, there's one or two outliers and stuff, but yeah, it was it was close. I mean, prior to these three years, I think the six years before that were all decided by one touchdown or less. Do you think Sugars, head coach for uh, Central, Eric Sugars, his experience? Um, coaching this team through so many Patriot games, is that an advantage for him, just his ability to get those kids ready to have them know what to expect on that night? Because I have never been on a stage that large performing, right, in front of 10,000-plus people. Mm -hmm. I'm almost 37 years old, never been on that sort of a stage. For a high school kid, that has to be intimidating. Yeah, and even a lot of the seniors on this year's team, or the juniors who were, who were on the team the year before, they hadn't either because last year's game was played in front of a couple of hundred parents, and that was it. Right. Uh, you know, no bands, no cheerleaders, no drum lines, student sections, none of that. So they didn't get that experience last year. They all of a sudden got it this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine having 10,000 eyes on you as a – 16, 17-year-old kid What's the watching big, everything you do. What do you think the win says for Central? What does that say about the team more than what the law says about West? What does the win say about Central? Um, I, I think it says that they're a legit team, and what they did last year when they went to the semifinals is, is validated. You know, I think it, you know, that it wasn't 
it wasn't a fluke. You know, I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there saying that it was a fluke, but after that first game of the season where they lost to DeWitt kind of decisively at the big house, I think there were maybe some people downstate, probably mostly, saying, you know, well, maybe this team is just a one-hit one or one-year wonder, and they got lucky on the draw or something and got to the semifinals. But um, this, this, is a bit, this is a big win against a team that you know, came in undefeated with some, some pretty big wins of their own, you know, beating Midland down at the big house, beating a very, very good Cadillac team on the road the week before. Um, probably didn't help West that they had to do that because mm-hmm. Central had a much easier game the week before. They were able to – basically the starters played a half against Gaylord if that, the week before for Central. And West had to play four quarters against a very tough Cadillac team. That It's similar stylistically in that they're going to keep the ball on the ground and, and pound it. Is West able to bounce back from this? Is this a, you know, we're, it's Monday. We're a couple of days past the Patriot game. What do you think the message is at practice right now that they're getting from uh, Greg Vaughn, head coach? Um, I think... I'm not sure how, how Vaughn's going to approach it, but looking at their schedule, I think that they, they went out until week nine. Week nine is a game, it's a crossover game against the Detroit Catholic League that they have scheduled. Um, the rest of their games are against the Big North Conference. So they've got Alpena, Gaylord, Petoskey, um, and then another non-conference game that I, that I think is a pretty winnable game too. I mean, and you know, next week they get Alpena. So that's a soft landing, really. Um, you know, Alpena hasn't been good for years. Alpena's never beaten West ever in the history of their school. So they've got that landing spot there to, to get another win under their feet and get going again. Another Patriot game in the books. A good game between two really good teams. Central coming out on top, showing that they were uh, a force to be reckoned with on Friday night. 42-14 to 14 victory. James, I know that you put it out on Facebook and Twitter. I did. I put it out on Twitter. Okay. Asking people to, beforehand, like I gave a one-day thing on it to uh, guess a score, you know, predict who the winner was and guess a score. And then I said I'd give them a shout-out on the podcast, whoever was closest. And uh, Mike Bills, who is the, the dad of Austin Bills, who was the running back for TC Central that graduated last year and plays for Saginaw Valley. Win. Wow, that is... <laughs> he uh, he picked CC Central to win forty two to thirteen. He was off by one point. This close, only one point. This close. So, and because of that, we're going to make him the the Jimmy John's winner for this week. Yeah, I mean, if you're that close, let's give you a couple of sandwiches. Let's get you fed. We're going to get you fed. Two free Jimmy John sandwiches. And that is because the get around is sponsored by. Jimmy John's, two locations, Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Thank you, James. All right. West and Central both left the Patriot game 3-1. and one. Looking at some of the best teams with one loss on their records, Central, West, Petoskey, Charlevoix, Frankfurt, Cadillac, and East Jordan. Is Central number one in that group simply based on what they did Friday? I would say so. I'd yeah. say they have to have to be. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could really argue that 
um, just based on how convincing that was and and what they have on their team. I mean, you've got you've got Burnham who's going to Notre Dame. You've got Carson Bordeaux who's getting recruited by Ivy League schools, and and that offensive line that we've talked about multiple times. You know, every every starter on that offensive line has a college offer, all five of them. Wow. And uh, so they just they just have a lot. I mean, the other schools that we have in there, I and mean, Petoskey, we are. If last week, if you would have asked me, they would have been on this one loss list. I would have said no, because I. You know, Gaylord beat them ten to seven. Yeah, kind of a surprise, I thought. I mean, given that Gaylord was going in one and two, Petoskey was three and zero, oh, and seemed to have just just churning out wins, and then Gaylord just just gets them, and uh, so I guess that's that's kind of seems to be Gaylord's mojo is that if they can keep the game low scoring. They're going to they're gonna be in it because that's yeah. their other win against Arthur Hill was I think like fourteen to seven or something like that. So, you know, getting these these low scoring wins is that's that's what they got to do. Um, your other one loss teams you've got like you said Charlevoix, Frankfurt, Cadillac, East Jordan. Um, I think that Frankfurt can make a nice run in D eight if they if they stay healthy. Um, they don't have a huge amount of numbers or anything, so. They can't afford a whole lot of injuries or anything like that. But if they stay healthy, they have a stable of running backs and kids that can play quarterback, and and they can put points up. So they're a team that I can see making a run too. You know, Charlevoix made a nice little run last season. Cadillac obviously going to the semifinals last year made a nice run. And you know, I don't I don't see their team being any worse this season for Cadillac. It's just a matter of if they can get that that mojo going during the playoffs that they had last year. Is Charlevoix a program that is on the up again? Yeah, I think as long as they keep Don Jess in there, I think that this will be a team that will be up there and somebody that is a factor in that conference. Yeah, because I'm going to bring up Caleb Stuck later on Mm -hmm. in this show when we talk about the Athlete of the Week Hall of Fame. When we get to that, he had a pretty incredible performance uh, Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and last year, you know, they kind of, I don't know, I don't really want to say came out of nowhere, but improved a lot from mm-hmm. the season before that. Yeah. And this season, they're 3-1 and one again. Their one loss is to an undefeated team. So, you know, the, I think it speaks volumes as to what Coach Jess has been able to do with that program. You know, he, he did it before when he was there, and then in between, they didn't have a whole lot of success, and then he comes back, and suddenly... They're pretty good again. I just know that that community takes a lot of pride in its football team. Charlevoix takes a lot of pride, and it's it's good to see them sitting at at three and one and with some really good athletes uh, on that team. There, of course, you got the teams that are better than three and one are undefeated. Four and zero. Oh, uh, we mentioned earlier Traverse City, St. Francis, Boyne City, Kingsley. It seems wherever Tim Moore goes, he just continues to build winners. Um, and Mancelona, and then, of course, in eight-man football, you have uh, Sutton's Bay. We're going to find out Saturday, right, who's the best. Yeah, at least, the one, of these, at least one of these is going to lose a game yes. this week. Yeah. Uh, we'll have uh, Traverse City St. Francis versus Boyne City coming up on Saturday. Is that a 1 o'clock game? Uh, yeah, it's a 1 o'clock game on Saturday at Thurlby. Yeah, Thurlby. So we'll, our St. Francis is ranked, I think, 
second as of last week. I haven't seen the new rankings that come out later today. But uh, Boyne City's ranked second in Division Six, I believe it is, but with from Mick McCabe. Um, they're lower in the Associated Press, um, but but maybe they move into that this week after that after moving to four and and you know Kingsley is ranked in the top three in their division, so all all three of them are pretty highly ranked. So I mean the the St. Francis Boyne game is kind of an eliminator game, sort of, mm-hmm. but. These schools are all in different divisions, is the other thing. So you could have all three of these teams making long, long playoff runs. And St. Francis did last year going to the state finals. Kingsley, I could pretty much guarantee if they hadn't had that COVID outbreak, they would have been playing in the semifinals. They would have beaten Raid City, I'm pretty sure, and been in the semifinals. Um, and then I think, I think Boyne has that potential this year to, to join those list of teams from this area that can go to the quarterfinals, semifinals. You know, we we had so many teams last year that made it that far. It was who can run the table? Who can go undefeated? Who's got a nine and zero season in their future? Well, Kingsley ends the, ends the season against St. Francis. Oh, week nine, Kingsley St. Francis. So I guess I would say if we have an undefeated team at the end of the season, the most likely one would be either Kingsley or Boyne because St. Francis has to play both of those teams. Yeah. So of the you know of the teams that we haven't talked about yet, um, Mancelona, uh, that they seem to be pretty feel good story, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean they they are a team that have been started four and zero for quite a long time, and you know for I don't know the last decade or so they've been kind of five hundred ish team. You know, win three four games a, a season. Um, yeah, they had one winless season in there where they went 0-8 in 2017. But for them to start out 4-0, I mean, they, they beat Pine River to open the season. They beat East Jordan, who's only that's their only loss. And then they beat Elk Rapids and Johannesburg-Lewiston, and Joburg was in the semifinals last year mm-hmm. in Division 8. Uh, Joburg is obviously struggling this year because they've had they lost a lot from that team, and they've had a big spate of injuries. But it's still a good win. I mean, to put up 66 points in that game, uh, it doesn't hurt getting uh, a guy on your coaching staff who's like a Hall of Fame coach and adding it to your, to your stable of assistant coaches and Ralph Munger from Rockford. Right. Um, but this team had a lot back from last season already, so they already had kind of that hand before the season going in that that they had – a lot of starters back. I think it was 20 out of 22 starters or something they had back from last season. And they were 3-5 and five last year, so not bad. And to bring back that much experience from a, from a team like that, I mean, I, I think they're definitely the, the feel-good story. You know, Sutton's Bay, this is kind of what we expect from Sutton's Bay. It's, it's just the expectation that they've built now over the last couple of years and what they've done. They, they pretty much run roughshod over everybody up here in eight-player football in the regular season, and then largely do the same thing in the, in the playoffs. And then they, they haven't gotten that championship yet. They've lost in the championship game two years in a row now. But um, they are one of those teams that just regularly does this, and it's just become almost a gimme, I guess, that, that Sutton Spay is going to be really, really good in eight-player football and – and be undefeated or darn close to it come playoff time. 
though one of those teams that is hoping to finish the season unbeaten is Boyne City. We've got two athletes coming in from that school, making the trip down to Traverse City. Much appreciated. Uh, let's go ahead and get into that interview right now. All right, welcome into the Get Around Podcast studio. In with us right now, Riley Dittmar. Thanks for having me. And Bobby Hoth. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for making the drive down, boys. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Roads weren't too slick? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay, that's good. Um, you guys both have a, you got a big game coming up on Saturday. Before we get into that, we do have the, James, the Freaky, Freaky Fast Freaky Five. Freaky Fast Five. Yeah. We are sponsored by Jimmy John's, and so we get the uh, Freaky Fast Five. We start off just kind of break the ice, make sure you guys are feeling comfortable. We've got five, we're going to say really... Silly. Yeah. Not serious questions. Yeah, it's the stuff that we went to journalism school for, <laughs> to ask these questions right here. The hard-hitting, ridiculous questions like, who's the best dancer? On your team. Colton Stat or Caden Jewett, yeah, probably. one of those two. What moves do they usually bust out? Uh, Colton's, Colton's more of a footwork kind of guy. Like, he's... Are they? Are these guys, are they, like, throwing it on TikTok and stuff like that? Are um, they in Instagram? They've posted a, f- a few. Not, yeah. Not, not a big not a big profile of dancing, but a they, few. They haven't gone viral yet? No. no. They'll do it every once in a while, but it's not like... They're not... Like a regular poster, like some of the other high schoolers. Okay. Yeah, do you guys have uh, Do you guys have any famous TikTokers out there? At or do you, is TikTok not a thing anymore with you guys? T- I, I'm 37 years old, <laughs> and I'm not. All, you guys know what's cool, and I don't. And I'm realizing that as I get older, I'm like, oh, I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> not that I was ever cool, but I'm definitely no longer cool. Yeah, TikTok's still a thing. I mean. There's a lot of people that still make TikToks and all, but there's so many users that your odds aren't very good. Yeah. There's Every, nobody in Boyne right now that's famous or anything, right. so. Every once in a while. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Every once in a while you'll see someone, like, make a just a funny video that'll just get, like, a couple thousand likes, but that's really about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite 1990s song? Oh, um, that is hard, huh? Hard-hitting questions. Hold on, what year were you guys born? 2004. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was 20. <laughs> 1990s. I'll have to think about that for a second. Um, well, last week, the, the West soccer players said that after every game they win, they play Wonderwall. Uh, My from Oasis? Oasis. Yeah, okay. 1995. It's before any, like a decade before any of them were born. Yeah. That's a good one. Um... <laughs> I'm not an old music listener, but some of the old, like, rock, like, workout songs and movies, and, like, I couldn't even name them, but just... Well, so I feel like some of those are before 1990, like... Yeah. Could be 80s, too. Yeah, go 80s 70s. Just 90s or before. I'm not positive. I like Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood. All right. I know Riley's got some good 90s playlists. He's got some bangers on there, but mm-hmm. I don't know all the names. All right, uh, James, what's up? What's next? Okay, what is your favorite cartoon and why? Oh. Mm. I'll have to say Phineas and Ferb. I, I was going to say Phineas and Ferb, too, probably. All right. It's a childhood good one right there. Mm-hmm. No Rick and Morty? 
No. Mm. I've never really no? watched Rick and Morty, no. No? No. Oh, I recommend it. Okay. What, what would I find in your refrigerator at home? Um, what kind of unusual food? Ooh, unusual food? You'd find a lot of chocolate milk in mine. I'm, I'm a big chocolate milk fan. Um, unusual food. Cheese sticks? I don't know. It's kind of common. My refrigerator is not like the fullest. My mom doesn't buy a whole lot of snacks. It's a lot of healthy stuff, like vegetables. But I do have like the Chick-fil-A sauce, like a bottle of it in my fridge. Okay. <laughs> so that's Linemen eat yeah. healthy. <laughs> Well, one does, of the, does your coach hit you up on that, like eating healthy? Mm. Is it like a big thing they always are like? No. Most it's usually just drink water. Yeah. Or just stay hydrated. And again, yeah. it yeah. really doesn't matter what high school kids eat, especially when they're athletes. Your metabolism is insane. Yeah. And so you can put whatever garbage into your body that you want. And, and still not You're going to be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be fine. That will change when you hit about 30. <laughs> yes. Which, no matter what you think. Which is why I found out. Very harshly. <laughs> we did talk about this, uh, and we're going to talk about it more um, later on in the podcast. Uh, our favorite obscure uh, fast food restaurant. Ooh. Someone put out today, I saw on, on Twitter a picture of, I don't know if you guys are even familiar with Hot and Now. It was an old burger joint. Never heard of it. Yeah. See, there's only one left in the country, and it's in Sturgis, Mich- Michigan. Hmm. And had. Very similar to, like, McDonald's or Burger King. Um, are there any, like, good fast food joints that you guys like going to? Um, I'm personally not a big fast food fan, but... Neither am I. I had to stop because it, I went from 155 to 215, <laughs> and not in the good way. Not in the good. That was, that, that was all chunky pounds that I put on, so... Even with the with McDonald's right across the road? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were from McDonald's literally across the road from the high school. I, mean, I haven't been to McDonald's yeah. in like four months, probably. Yeah. You really only have two like fast food options in Boynton, so it's like. Yeah. What's the other one? The subway. Okay. I, you could consider that fast food. Like, yes. Yeah. Give or yeah. take. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Thanks for putting up with those uh, ridiculous questions. I want to get to the reason that we have you here in the studio. Saturday, huge game coming up against Traverse City St. Francis. How are you feeling, the two of you going into it? Um, I feel I feel ready. I feel amped up for the game. Should be. I mean, it's it's the game that everybody's been looking forward to, and I guess everybody on the team could say that pretty much. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think um, I kind of we got a chance to kind of prove ourselves because our offensive line has been called you know small and inexperienced, and no matter what happens, I think we're gonna show that you know doesn't matter our size we can play with anyone so what would a win prove i mean traverse city's what number one ranked team in division seven so i'd say you know we can beat just about anyone that we see mm-hmm. i think they're two one or two right they're, now they're, they're, they're one, or, one or two i think it's a two and two and, game and yeah no. and mick mccabe has you guys ranked number two in the state yeah it's it's a big game to to prove what we can do mm-hmm. and if and if we don't do it then we don't prove what we can do and, you know, we're, we're going to see what we need to improve on coming out of that game, regardless of how it goes, you know, going in, into the last, uh, the last stretch of the season, getting ready for playoffs. Mm. Yeah, we'll definitely learn what we're made of. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys uh, 
like or not like these Saturday afternoon games? Personally, I do not. Yeah. I, I like the Friday night lights. Mm-hmm. Um, the only Saturday game I've ever played and we lost. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. part of the reason, but hopefully hopefully that changes. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, you, you know, after this Saturday, you could be one and one. Yeah. So back to 500. Yeah, that's true. Got to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. What's different about it? I mean, other than the, the day and the time, but is it just a... For me, it's partially superstitious. I'm, I'm, I'm a super superstitious person. Okay. Um, We're going to unpack that later. I have, I have a routine. I have everything that I do throughout the day, throughout the school day, however many bottles of water I drink, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's down like pat, but Saturday, I guess it, it throws it off, but... It is what it is. Okay, so how many bottles of water do you have to drink? I drink two before school, two like two glasses of water, big glasses. Okay. And then I drink a blender bottle. That's the only water bottle I ever drink out of. Um, one every hour, and then one or two after school. And how often are you going to the bathroom? Every hour. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. I am not that superstitious, um, but uh, I just I don't like the Saturday games either. I just feel like it kind of messes up our schedule because you know most teams it's like Monday's offense Tuesday's defense you know the third day is kind of fix whatever needed to be fixing in the week and then Thursday's game prep and you kind of have like an extra day on Friday to do you know whatever you needed to work on I feel like that's kind of just kind of throws off our schedule yeah everything's building to Friday yeah Mm -hmm. right and then Friday comes and you're like oh I gotta wait another day yeah yeah I would feel that would you know kind of throw me off Mm. as well All to right. make Friday's practice weird then kind of yeah well I'm last year it wasn't really weird when we went into the Grayling game but this year I, I don't know what it'll be like although last year going to the Grayling game Jack starting quarterback oh yeah that was a big quarantine Jacob, thing and our starting left tackle and end uh, Caden Reynolds had all been quarantined so they didn't get a day of practice until that Friday and so obviously they got to knock the rust off of not doing anything for two weeks. How's that been this year, COVID? So far, it has not really affect us, affected us. Um, yeah, knock, knock on, on wood. wood. There you go. Wood. Um, and hopefully it doesn't for the rest of the season. Because yeah. we don't have a, a huge team. We're like, what, 19 guys, something like that. Yeah, plus, you know, you can pull up the JV kids for a quarter, but. But hopefully we don't lose any numbers. Yeah. What does <laughs> this season mean, then, being back? to somewhat normal conditions? For, for me, it's, it's a big relief being senior year. Like last year, it was junior year, and I felt really bad for our seniors, Braden Ager, Caden Reynolds, and those guys. And they had small things stripped away, like little, little like just the little things, just the first three games. And my dad keeps telling me, like, don't, don't take any of the games for granted. Like, play everyone, full heart, everything, because you don't know when it's going to get taken away now. So... That's what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Just as a player, how weird was it playing games last year with virtually no fans in the in the stadiums? Just like some parents, and and that's about it. it. I mean, it was kind of odd, but at the same time, like when you're on the field, you don't necessarily hear the fans unless it's like yeah, unless it's Kelk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can hear yeah. Kelk's big echoing yeah. voice. Randy Cocketer, the head varsity coach mm-hmm. for Boeing for basketball, is like. He's just got a real deep and loud voice, and it carries. He, across he knows, anything. and he knows all the kids, so he's you know, you know, like go do your job and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you you can always hear him. Well, he's tall too, so yeah. probably oh, he carries yeah. pretty oh, yeah. well. 
and he's he's got a stand like in the back row, so like he's above everyone else too. So it's not like his voice gets caught. And mm-hmm. other than that, you don't really notice it too much. Besides after the game, when you got the couple friends, you got like five five students from the student section that are your friends, and they come up and you're like, oh, that's it. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. How cool is it to have those things back, though? Um. Well, after winning our games and running through the tunnel a couple times while our student section, I mean, it's something that I haven't seen in a year, so, I mean, I like it. Yeah, that's that's fun. Um, although this this weekend's going to be um, a lot bigger venue, so there's going to be a lot more people there than we've, I think any of us have ever seen. Now, obviously, it's the Saturday game, and it's between Orange City and Traverse City. Everyone knows it's like a big rivalry game, so I feel like there's going to be a – a lot more people there. Have your coaches addressed that at all? Have they talked to you about it and, you know, told you what to expect, how to react, and, um, you know, give you – are you guys familiar with the movie Hoosiers? Yeah. That moment where not. they go into the – you've never seen Hoosiers? I have never You're seen spo- Hoosiers. Have you heard of the movie Hoosiers? Honestly, Holy no. Holy cow. <laughs> Honestly, no. All right. James probably has a VHS tape of it, so that's fine. <laughs> no, I um, actually have that one on DVD. Do you have it on DVD? Yeah. Okay. Well, I would try to explain it to you, but it's a movie about uh, small-town high school basketball okay. in, uh, Indiana. in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. And there is a scene where the coach, and they're going to play in the, it's the state championship game, I believe. I could be wrong. But they're yeah, playing in a, the final four. They're but playing in a huge... In Indiana, they only have one class. Okay. Everybody plays against everybody. So hmm. you could have Frankfurt playing against... You know, Traverse City West. Yeah. Okay. In districts. <laughs> and so they go. They go to this stadium, and it's a huge arena, much bigger than their small little gym at their mm-hmm. high school. And the head coach has them measure how tall the rim is to the floor, how long, how, you know, the length from uh, the free throw line. And he's like, you'll find that it's the same exact measurements that mm-hmm. it is in their gym at home, and tries to give them that same. You know. It's different, but it's still the same. Yep. Um, is that something that you guys are going to take into when you play at, at Thurlby on, on Saturday? Um, that, yeah, it's big, it's different, but it's the same field. The, the only thing our coaches have said is, like, basically that, like, it's a, it's a bigger stadium and there's going to be more people, but it's just it's just another football field. Just yeah. go play. It's just a turf field at yeah, that just point. Go, go yeah. play your game. Um, it, just looking ahead to the game, kind of the X's and O's, what are – what are some of the things that St. Francis does that you have to to be able to counter to get a favorable result for you guys? Personally, for me as a as a linebacker, I would say the full house offense. Just not seeing that yet this year. Um, they're just going to run the ball as hard as they can and with multiple guys at the same time, or not the same time, obviously, but multiple guys through one hole and just going to have to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Go by the um, the mantra of uh, pulling guards and fullbacks never lie. Yeah. Does the the fact that you're both undefeated does that add extra pressure to this game? No, because we have nothing to lose. A four and zero record is a four and zero record, and if you lose a game, you lose a game. It's not we're not losing the conference or anything. We're not losing a district game. We're not done with our season after it. Um, so I would say no. So that's a really kind of healthy way, good perspective to go in there, having that. How important is the mental aspect of the game of football, 
especially for young kids, you know, I shouldn't call you young kids, but compared to two others in this room, how important is the mental aspect <laughs> of the game? Um, being, would, in the, being in the right mindset. I would say it's, it's almost a 50-50 shot. Like, mentally, you have to be there in every play. You have to know what you're going to do. You know what you're reading, blah, 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 blah. Physically, you have to be able to do what your mind's telling you to do or whether it's just react. So I would say 50-50 kind of thing. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And our coaches always preach like one play at a time, you know, because every team is going to break off a big run. Every team's going to do something, you know, that is, you know, Traverse City could break off a 50-yard run, but, you know, next play we want to come back and we don't want to dwell on that last play. So what's more mm -hmm. difficult, trying to remain mentally focused or being physically prepared and, and, and ready to play? Um, after a game, I would say definitely more physically exhausted. But uh, mentally, it's just it's one of those things in practice where as much running as you're doing in practice, you're getting a mental rep every time too. So every time we do a scout, a scout defense for our JV team, we're still getting mental reps. We're still reading something. You know, so that's it's kind of conditioning in its own way too. What's is, what's the coolest uh, aspect from a from a player's perspective of the Rambler Sports Network? Like, what's what's the coolest thing you've been on in there? Well, I, I'm a part of the program. I this is my second year in it, so I kind of have like the in depth perspective of it, and I and I love it. I think it's like super cool. Like, not there's almost no high schools that are able to say that they have their own broadcast crew that can travel, although I doubt we're going to travel to Thurlby this weekend, but, um, you know, it just, mm -hmm. it's really fun to see. My favorite thing about the entire RSN network um, is definitely that I have family that's not in northern Michigan. The majority of my family lives downstate, and then my sister, who just joined the Air Force um, two years ago, she gets to watch all the way from Georgia, so it's it's like a win-win, so everybody can watch me, even though they're not here. How important is it for you? There's a lot on the line for each game, um, and as the season moves forward, more and more is on the line. How important do you find it is to keep having fun, make sure that fun is a part of what you're doing, whether it's in practice, game film, um, and, and within the game itself on the sidelines? How important is it to incorporate having fun into it unless you guys don't have fun at all and just take it super seriously oh and, no we have, we have fun you know if i'm over here like fun you can't have fun <laughs> while you're playing football it's serious no um i think we take serious and fun kind of like we kind of level them out in practice yeah. coach subtle's very uh i wouldn't say relaxed because he gets on us we we have to run and everything but uh like coach wolf's a perfect example of when somebody might be having like a slow day, he's going to try and cheer them up to get them to move faster mm -hmm. rather than harp on them and just make them run. Like he's going to try and bring the energy up. Like we're a very energetic team, I guess you could say. It's going to try and have fun. Yeah, and that's, just, that's something I think we need because I feel like if you're having fun, you might not realize that you're tired. And, you know, with 19 guys, not a lot of subs, I feel like that's something that you kind of got to just got to have a lot of energy all the time. Yeah, and having fun makes time go by quicker. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm sure however long we've been in this studio, it's only felt like a couple of minutes 
mm-hmm. because yeah. you guys have been having so much fun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I want to thank you both for making the drive down here and uh, coming on the get around. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks again. Thank you thanks for having us. us. Yeah. Once again, thank you to the boys from Boyne for coming down to Traverse City to talk to us for a little bit. Appreciate it. Big game coming up on Saturday. Traverse City, St. Francis, Boyne City, Battle of the Undefeateds. Early in the season, both 4-0. Thurlby Field, 1 p.m., James? 1 o'clock at Thurlby. Yeah. 1 o'clock. Pretty, sh- pretty sure on that. Like 98% sure on that time. All right. Well. Because that's where I plan to be on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is 1 o'clock. James just checked. It is 1 o'clock, so we've got that now. It's gone from 98% sure, now 100%. Do like 101. We're good. It's running 101% fever. Very hot. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our Hall of Fame this week. Two athletes. Uh, talked about Caleb Stuck a little bit earlier. Uh, he, of course, is the quarterback for the 3-1 and Charlevoix Red Raiders. Are they still the Red Raiders, or are they just the Raiders? Just Raiders. They're just the Raiders. Yeah. See, so much has changed since I was last here. Um, he went 6 for 14, uh, 205 yards and three touchdowns. Also 12 carries for another 139 yards and another three touchdowns in a 66-24 win over the Elks of Elk Rapids. Um, he is my nominee. James, uh, who are you putting up? I'm going to put up Adam Ackler from Mancelona, the, the aforementioned 4-0 Ironman. He had 13 carries for 218 yards. And uh, I'm not going to do the math in my head, but that's a pretty good average. It's over 10. You know what? I'm not going to do well it. well over in, 10. I'm, I'm not going to do it in my head either. I'm it's, gonna, I mean, it's like 15-ish. I'm going to my phone, uh, open the calculator app, 218 divided by 13. Yeah, about 17 yards a carry. Yeah. That's not good. bad. That's pretty That's not not bread. Yeah. Uh, also had three touchdowns and had nine tackles on defense for the Ironmen when they beat Johannesburg Lewison 66 to 42. So we have the battle of the athletes with three rushing touchdowns each and 66 points scored by their team. Uh, but for Caleb, he's got another 205 yards and another three touchdowns as a QB. Yeah, so I think six beats three. So if, if forced to vote, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Caleb. Okay. Well, I am obviously going to vote heck, for my heck nomination. An, heck of an, offer, an effort by Adam Ackler, though. Oh, Ackler, yeah. That, that's why I wanted to make sure that we recognized his effort uh, uh, that night, especially for a 4-0 team. Uh, like you said, and they, and they both scored 66 points Yep. last week. Both and teams. if you look at it, more symmetry here. It was 66-24 to uh, for Charlevoix in their win. And then Mancelona was 66-42. to 42. 42. So that's Inverted just 24. Numbers. That's weird. So I would imagine any of the fine athletes that we just talked about in the uh, for the Hall of Fame segment probably aren't big fast food eaters. Although I guess in high school and when you're an athlete, you can eat whatever the hell you want, right? Well, and, it, and it just has no effect on you because your metabolism is that of a garbage truck and you can put whatever in 
and it's it's just fine. Yeah, and and everybody assumes that my metabolism will never change. Yeah, just wait. And it, and it does. Yeah, it does. It does. Yep. But it's funny you mentioned that 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 the Traverse City Strength and Conditioning Program tweeted out a thing on Monday about a about an athlete coming to school with a, a bag of chocolate donuts for breakfast. <laughs> And then they made him watch the the old um, Jim, Belushi? John, Jim Belushi or John Belushi, John Belushi yes, the sorry. old John Belushi sketch <laughs> on Saturday Night Live, and they posted a photo of the athlete with their head turned so you can't see who it is, and holding the the bag of donuts and watching the John Belushi thing. That is fantastic. And then encourage they also encouraging them to uh, to seek a nutritionist. <laughs> Well, I know that if this fast food restaurant was still around, or at least more prominent, um, that I would be seeing a nutritionist on a probably weekly basis. But the reason that I wanted to do this trifecta, you know, what's your favorite obscure fast food restaurant? Because, uh, like I said earlier in the show, we had I saw someone tweeted out about the last remaining hot now left in the nation. Um, is in Sturgis, Michigan. And I have such fond memories of Hot and Now from my time. I've only had it when I was here in, when I'd be on vacation. Um, this was the only place, and we would look forward to eating at Hot and Now when we, were, when we would come here. Um, and Which is now at Arby's. Yeah, and I think well, I'm gonna, you know what we were so just, gonna, we were talking about Arby's before too, and the, the hot and now, which in college we used to call rotten cow, <laughs> is now is now an Arby's. So I'm gonna call I'm gonna call my dad. I call my dad right now, and I want to find out because we have I, I'm trying to remember how the first time that we had the hot and now. I'm pretty sure it was in uh, Hart, Michigan. Would be my guess. Hello. Hey, Pops. How are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing very well. So we're talking about Hot Now, and we're doing this because um, I saw a tweet today that the last remaining Hot Now restaurant is in Sturgis, Michigan. Oh, wow. I just I didn't think that there were any left. Uh, I didn't think so either. I thought it was over and done with, and that the last time that we ate at Hot Now, and we were all excited, um, <laughs> that was it. Um and apparently, uh, James, uh, my co-host here, says that Sturgis, again, I should know where Sturgis is in Michigan, considering I live in the state, but uh-huh. um, it is, it's southwest Michigan, James? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, down by, down by, the, uh, by the border. So the first time that you and I went to Hot Now, I, my recollection was after golf, and it was in Hart, right? Correct. Okay. You are correct, sir. And then that Hot Now turned into... A I believe subway? it would take to a subway, yeah. Right? And then a car yeah, wash? Was... And then wasn't it a car wash at one point? No, I thought it was. I can't remember. What, I know I drove by it this year. I just can't remember what it what it turned into again. It, it did It did roll over into something else. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a subway anymore, but I, <laughs> I think... Do you remember when we... Got in. We were coming home from golf, and we we're like, "Oh, let's stop there and get some food." Uh-huh. Uh, and this is when it was. It had been decommissioned, but we didn't know. And you and I thought that we were in the line for the drive-through, but we were really just in the line of a bunch of parked cars. Yes. Do you remember? Okay. Yeah. And we're like, "Why isn't this line moving? Why isn't this line moving?" We were literally moving? just. We were. We thought we were in the drive-through. <laughs> it was like people were using the old hot now 
as a place to park. Right. And so we're like, oh, my God, it's, it must be open. Let's go get it. And so we got into the drive-thru, and we're just waiting there. We're like, what the hell is going on? Why yeah, isn't this? Yeah. Why isn't this moving? And so I, it might have been that vacation or a couple of vacations later when we were driving home, and we, we were, were heading looking, home. We were looking for a place to eat. Yes. And <laughs> this was in your mind. Um, why can't we just find an old country? Oh, that's hot right. Stand. That was the old country hot dog stand. <laughs> that was the same. So these are all inside jokes that remain in, in our family. Yeah, my mom, she's like, oh, I just wish we could find an old-fashioned old country, country, country hot dog stand. <laughs> and then who's, who's, who spotted the hot now? Uh, was that you? I think it was. Yeah. Because it was right, uh, oh, God, I still remember going by that road. I think that was that the year that Grandma was driving herself and she nearly ran the motor guy off the motorcycle well it was in the same area because it was yeah just i don't know uh, if it was the same year though yeah and she was doing like 95 <laughs> yeah she almost hit a guy on a motorcycle we then we were like okay now we gotta this is the uh, conversation yeah. we gotta take the license away she can't drive yep. anymore yep. no more uh, driving but yeah we were yeah we spotted somebody, it it was somebody down yelled out, hot now yeah it was down a, and then we went and we had a nice Meal. <laughs> yeah, it was like of almost original McDonald burgers. That's what they were kind of like. It was like for us, it was finding an oasis in the middle of a desert. That's how excited we all seemed to be. Not <laughs> now, and, and I mean, like I don't know who was. It must have been you who was driving, and you just like banked a, a super it did. quick, I did. right? <laughs> and then we went there and and ate and oh. You're yeah. right, that was funny. Oh, God, that was funny. So, yeah, I, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to make a road trip down to Sturgis and yeah, and have a hot now and then... Into get, western Michigan? And then get ill, yeah. Southwestern Michigan, Sturgis? Yeah. What I, other town is nearby? I have no idea. James is on Wikipedia right now looking up checkers and rallies, which is data. Also, oh, I know... Yeah. Yeah. My dad Those also a big too. fan of checkers and rallies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are few and far between now. There was also that other, that Ray's Burger joint. Do you remember that? Uh, yes. That we always threatened to stop always, at? Always we threatened always to stop. There was this, this Ray's Burger joint. That, that was in that was uh, Grand like it, it looked like an old country hamburger stand. Um, and it was uh -huh. always crowded, mm -hmm. so we never went. And I went one year. Right. Not good. No. I was super yeah, disappointed. Very disappointed. I was, very, very I was like, that is a bummer. Yeah. I had built that up so much. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was the Dog and Suds. We all always stopped there at the Dog Oh, Park. yeah. That was a good Dog and Suds there, too. Yeah, oh, that's right, Whitehall. That was uh, Whitehall, yeah. yeah. Right by the uh, right by the big weather main. All right. I'm going to have to cut it off. All right, Bob. All right. Enjoy, all your, right uh, uh, enjoy your shift at the Home Depot. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, bye, Dad. Love you. Bye, bye. Love you. But again, yeah, if I'm gonna go obscure, uh, I, I gotta go. I gotta go hot now. Um, what about yours? Yeah, hot now rallies. Both of those. Um, I don't know that there was a rallies in Traverse City, but there used to be a hot now. Um, I'm looking, and there's actually still 893 locations left of rallies, which is also owned. They're also checkers mm -hmm. and stuff around the country. 
used to be a lot more. The one in Mount Pleasant that I used to go to, it's closed, long closed by now. All right, Jimmy James Cook. Uh, it's been a while since you've heard that. Mm-hmm. And you're probably like, I don't want to hear it ever again. That was enough. It, it wouldn't hurt me if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it doesn't hurt you when I say it. Um, good first show back for me, I feel like. How did I do? I think, it went, I think it went smooth. Yeah? Good. Yeah, it feels good to be back in the saddle. Weird. I know it'll take me a little while to really get my footing and feel comfortable back here in the host chair and, and feel comfortable back on sports. You know, hoping that happens in, in a couple of weeks. Just get back into the uh, the flow of things. But I'm happy to be back. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk to, to Brett. And we had a pretty, pretty wonderful first show back, a, a good episode 190 of the Get Around Podcast. Well, for James Cook, for Brett Summers, for Andrew Rosenthal, who's not here, for my dad, who is currently at Home Depot, thanks to all of you for listening, and come back next week for episode 191 of the one and the only Get Around Podcast.